0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show, Media Giant Effect, with celebrity interviews live from the grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, how are you? What's going on, man? And, you know, uh, my guest today, our guest today is exciting, right? Because we grew up watching her.
1: (laughs) You know, I was so thrilled when you sent me that. Very excited to do this interview, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's the the way this industry, it's so amazing in a number of 9,000 plus interviews, stories and different things, but I'm excited to welcome the program. Eileen Graff, we all know her from Mr. Belvedere's days and also on Greece and musician, Grammy nominated. I never knew all those things, Eileen. Thanks for stopping by because we just remember you. Hi, it's your one role in Mr. Belvedere, but a lot of people sometimes don't know that story, right, of everything else that you did.
2: Well, you know, you find that when you scratch the surface of a lot of people that are on TV, that we get to know people for one special role, and then when you look a little deeper, you realize, well, they had many years of experience, they were on the stage where they learned their craft, and uh, you go to one audition and your life changes, and suddenly everything else you ever did, nobody's ever heard of. So it's fun to do shows like this where we can talk about what it takes to get where you are. And, um, and to meet people like you who enjoyed the show when you were kids.
0: Exactly. So Greg, I want you, I know you have tons of questions for Eileen. So go ahead.
1: (laughs) You you know, I do. Well, fantastic. It's such an honor to meet you. Thanks for being on. Um, So how did you get started? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to like, get into this and showbiz and all that stuff? And how did it happen? (laughs)
2: Well, I grew up in show business. My dad was a singer. He had a successful vocal group in the 50s and the 60s, and he sang on lots of jingles and records and stuff like that. So um, I grew up in the business. Never really, as a kid, thinking I would go into it. I was suited for it. I could sing. I sang in tune. I I had a certain skill set that you get, you know, by osmosis when you're in <laughs> when your family is in a business. Um, but I didn't really uh, entertain the thought of going into it professionally until the very end of high school when I did my first musical in high school, which was Once Upon a Mattress, and I just loved it. I mean, I always loved singing. I was always in the glee club and the folk singing club and all of that. But there was something about being in a musical that just oh my gosh, this is great. So um, when I went to college, I was a drama major. And so I wasn't one of those kids who from, you know, the age of five said, I'm going to be in show business. That wasn't like it for me. And maybe it's because it was the family business.
0: Wow. And it's it's that thing and you figure out what you love to do. So this is Mm -hmm. what you love to do, right? And that's why you said, I'm going to do it.
2: Yeah. Very lucky to be able to do what you love to do. As you know, you're sitting here, Chatting with people that that you've always wanted to meet, and uh, what a what a joyous thing it is to have in your yeah, life. Pay,
0: I and I get and I get paid for it, so you know, go figure. The, the, <laughs> the thing the thing that the, I'm living the dream exactly. When I was a professional wrestler, I had the same thing. I, I live the dream. When you get to do something in entertainment, and you get paid for something you enjoy, it's it's what a feeling.
2: Yeah, it's it's the greatest. I I have I cannot contradict you on that at all. <laughs>
1: Well, that's amazing. I'm just going to just say real quick, you, you know, I'm by osmosis, you know, my, my dad was an electrical engineer. He built one of the very first microcomputers like back in the early, early 70s. And I used to hang out with him when he did that. And, you know, I'm a top cybersecurity and computer expert. And that just kind of came in as well. It, and I love what I do. And it's like playing. So I can't believe I get paid to play, you know.
2: Yeah. But Hanging what out, you, in the grotto. What, what you do has changed all of our lives. Uh, We would never be sitting here like this without the work that your dad did and the work that you continue to do. And I think it's important that we all keep what we do um, in proportion and say entertainment is super duper important. I think that entertainment became incredibly important to our country during the pandemic when we were all sitting on our couches 20 hours a day watching TV. Um, But what your family did literally changed our everyday life so that we can communicate like this, so that we have the world in the in the palm of our hand. And uh, thank you to your dad for for doing that for us.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So what what big project are you working on right now?
2: Oh, right now I am preparing for my holiday show in New York at 54 Below. That's gonna be on December 28th at 9.30 p.m. We were supposed to do it last year and uh, we got, we were at the club, we did our band rehearsal, we did our sound check, I was ready to go put my eyelashes on. And they said, um, your show is canceled tonight because we've got people who work here who have COVID. So we all went home so dejected and so very sad and um so we booked the show again for this year and i have great faith and hope and i know we're we're going to be able to do the show this year so it's going to have an extra special meaning for for all of us so it's going to be me my husband ben lanceroni is our musical director i've got wonderful special guests lori tanchin who you may not know her name but you certainly know her from Orange is the New Black, and she plays Grandma on Nora as Aquafina from Queens. And John Miller, who is with me on Broadway in I Love My Wife. And and my husband and my daughter, Nika Graf who's also a fabulous performer. She's going to be one of my guests. So that's wow. what I'm on in my brain. <laughs> Uh, getting that organized uh, for December
0: 28th in I can't believe you're thinking about this year's almost over and then it's another year, you know, it just flies by and I can't believe
1: today's
0: November 1st. It's like, whoa, I remember, well, wasn't it December of last year? You know, it's just, everything is so fast. Now talking about Broadway and being part of Broadway, what does that experience bring to you compared to Mr. Belvedere? Because again, Broadway, you have to perform so many shows they're a very loyal audience that just comes from all over the world to see you and perform a role like you performed in Greece. Kind of explain, was that more of a dream that came true than Mr. Belvedere?
2: At different points in your life, I think you might agree you have different dreams. And to be able to be in a Broadway show is for, I would say if not most, almost most uh, performers, is something that you always want to have happen. There's just, it It kind of doesn't matter how famous you are as a movie star, how much money you have or whatever. There's something about being in a Broadway show that kind of completes you in a way and gives you a stamp of legitimacy. Uh, I don't know, that, but that might be stating it way too big. <laughs> but, um, as uh, as I was in my 20s when I did Broadway shows and it just felt to me like the next step of, of what I did. I trained for it. I was ready for it. I wanted to do it and there I was on Broadway. I did three Broadway shows and it's fantastic. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's eight shows a week and you've got to give 100% eight shows a week because like you said, you got people coming from all over the world to come and see your show and they don't know that you're having an allergy attack or that your foot hurts or that you just didn't get another job and you're sad or you broke up with your boyfriend your job is to give them 100 so that's that's a lot and it's it's great the broadway community is like no other like no other and then being on tv is is really different first of all the workload is not the same so you move at, I mean, TV works at a very fast pace, but it's a slower pace than Broadway. And you reach millions and millions and millions and millions of people. So you have a responsibility to those millions of people also to do your best. And uh, both are very gratifying ways of working, I felt.
1: Yeah. Wow, cool. Who, who's your favorite actor or actress that you worked with?
2: that I worked with. Huh. Oh my gosh. How can you even ask that question? Can <laughs> have hundreds of people furious with me. I don't mention that right. <laughs> just between
1: us. We won't tell anyone.
2: <laughs> I, 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 loved and adored my TV family. Um, when you're on a long running show, like we were so lucky to have on Mr. Belvedere. I mean, Bob Euchre never felt like my husband, but he felt like, but, our relationship was so very special, and I adored working with him. He was so funny, so fast, so warm and loving. And he and Christopher Hewitt created such a, a a comfortable set that where we could be ourselves and 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 do what we what we intended to do, which was make people laugh and make them think just a little bit. And my Broadway grease family uh is still close so i loved working with i mean i worked with 11 danny zuccos on broadway you know <laughs> there was one john travolta in the movie but i worked with john when he was a kid and he didn't even play danny Zuko on broadway in the show he, he was uh-huh. in a different role so um i'm not going to say any specific people i'm going to say i have been very lucky to work with some great folks
0: <laughs> and it's just you bring up the tv And then also the other, that John Travolta fact is amazing to think about, right? That, you know, he became synonymous for Grease in the movies, and yet you performed with him before that. I mean, did you know there was something special for John when you worked with him? That he was, you know, because even think about, you know, it's kind of a story, right? A story behind the story of, you know, another movie he was in where he's looking to learn to perform. So what did you see out of him? He
2: came, um, he was not in the Broadway company. He was in the national tour playing duty, which I think in the movie isn't really even a role. They sort of mushed things around a little bit for the movie and created different characters. Um, He was a, he was just, he was lighter than air. He was sweetness, embodiment. I mean, if there was sweetness, it was John. He was, Uh, those big blue eyes and just so nice and very talented, very very talented. He would come into our company if our the guy who was playing our duty was on vacation or we needed him to come in and fill in. Uh, so when he got his first his TV success on Cotter, it was like, well look at that, John. Yeah, great. We had no idea he was going to become a superstar. You don't know. You were everybody's talented, and and to find the person who has that chemistry with the camera, you may not you may not know which one of us it was going to happen for. But man, it happened for him, and it's, and he's still so sweet, and just couldn't be happier for him. We were all just rooting for him and thrilled for him.
0: Yeah, you all, we all forget about Welcome Back, Carter, and how yeah. that. I mean, I love that show. Oh my goodness, I'm there sure. wouldn't
2: have been there wouldn't have been John playing Zuko in the movie if he hadn't done Carter, because he really proved he proved he was magic on screen during Carter and became the one of the breakout stars of Carter. So it gave him um, substance, and and uh, he was he it showed that he was qualified. You know, he was, the camera loves him. And that's what happened in Cotter.
1: Vinny Barbarino. I love that. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, Eileen, I have a a question that we we kind of started asking this, like, last four interviews. It's something that Neil got me into. And so here goes. Do you do any impressions of anyone? And if so, what's your favorite? And would you do a little bit?
2: I I I fail this question. I I you can just put a big fat F next to me with this question because impressions are something I have never done. Um, really, my my, my family no, it just doesn't come up. My family says I do Carol Channing, and I say I would never do this in front of anybody except you guys. And um, it, There are some people that just are so good at it. They have a great ear and their faces are elastic and they can do that stuff. But, um, I think we have to move on to another question. That's so <laughs> See,
0: we I, you. I failed you. you. I'm sorry. No, no, you can fail. That's okay. and that's, that's, we like that. And that's a great question Greg's asking. I guess it is a, great, it is Greg, a great Greg wants to do impressions then. I guess he wants to be impressionist then. You know, we've had some <laughs> of the greatest impressionists on the show lately. So he's like, well, can everyone do it? I yes. guarantee she can. If we were going to do improv right now, Like, you know, whose line is it anyways, you would be able to do it. Trust me. You would be able to play play a character right now. And I've interviewed one of them from whose line and it was hilarious. And we did a a deal where I I was a professional wrestler and he was a wrestler and we went back and forth. (laughs) I I never acted except in wrestling. So I have (laughs) acting ability. But not to the level, you know, when you think <laughs> about The Rock and you think about different people, how they became actors. And I think that Rock finally broke through because Hogan never, Hogan could never, ever be the right actor. I don't think anything <laughs> he acted in, we just knew him as Hulk Hogan. The Rock right. was able to change it and he was smart. And then now you're seeing with Xena. So it's with John Zena, same thing. All right. So let's talk about the family again. You know, when you talk about Mr. Belvedere, how much do you still get recognized? And how many fans still are there of Mr. Belvier all over the world today? I mean, it's that's the thing yeah. about these certain shows.
2: Yeah, you know, I still do get recognized. And certainly not like when the show was in its heyday, when I was recognized every day, wherever I went. But every once in a while, it's so cute. You know, you'd be out at a restaurant or in a line at the airport or whatever, and you see people like sneaking that look at you. And then they look away. And then they look at you and they look away. And I always go... I <laughs> think, oh, I loved you so much, you really. You know, it's adorable. But um I was in the grocery store one day. This is one of my favorite recognizing me stories. I was in the grocery store one day in the frozen food department, and there's this guy who worked. I never saw him before, but he worked at the store. He was wearing his Ralph's uniform and his name tag. This guy was tatted from his neck to his toes. He had everything pierced in his face that you could imagine. He had black, greasy, spiky hair. He was like a scary looking dude, right? If you saw him, except now we know that that's just a look and it's a costume. And he saw me and he puts out his arms and he says, oh my God, it's Mrs. Belvedere. And he gave me a hug, this big, tall, scary dude. And I said, you are the most adorable guy I've ever seen. He said, I just got so shy around you, but I just had to give you a hug and let you know (laughs) he turned into a five-year-old again. It was the cutest thing I ever saw. So it's those kinds of uh, moments when you get recognized and they open up to you a little bit and tell you. I've heard stories about how latchkey kids you know we were on for a long time 3 30 in the afternoon all across the country and a lot of kids would come home from school and nobody would be there for them uh, which is you know it's the effect of life when you need people need to work and make money how many times people have just grabbed my hands and say you helped raise me I knew you were gonna be there every day when I came home from school and it meant so much to me so those kinds of moments are so wonderful and gratifying and it and it, 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 you know, it takes you aback and say, my gosh, we really had an influence on people.
1: That's significant. Yeah. That's significant. What What was the last year that uh, Mr. Belvedere was produced?
2: Oh, gosh. I um, I hate to even say it outside. 1990. Long 90. time ago. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. What,
1: that's what I thought. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. We ushered that's
2: in the mean, new well. decade.
1: Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. It was pretty terrific. Um, you know, Neil?
0: All right. I'm going to go just jump. Any other projects that are going on? You brought up the one for the 28th of December. Anything else you have going
2: Right. Let's see. Well, you know, I teach, I teach vocal performance. I teach a workshop. Um, my singing is very, very important to me. And uh, my husband and I have been so fortunate in this business. Uh, we have so much experience. He is a, a brilliant composer and he's done very, very well in his life and musical director, piano player. And, one day we looked at each other and said, I think we can share a little bit about what we know. And I think we should. I think it's the right thing to do. So we've been teaching this vocal performance workshop for oh about 10 years now. And it's, uh, it's just a great thing. People come come to us who just love to sing and they just want to get better. And so we worked very closely with them in our class situation and their showcase is coming up in a couple of in the beginning of December. So we're busily working, getting that together, getting everybody all ready for their for their big moment. And um, what else? Well, this is far in the future, but uh, 54 Below again in New York invited our daughter, Nika and me and Ben to do their Mother's Day show in uh, in New York so I was so touched and honored that they that they thought of us so as soon as the Christmas show is over we're going to start working on that on that Mother's Day show so there's a lot a lot a lot going on
0: and promoting the events how much work is that involved to get the next event like <laughs> the 28th of December and then you're talking about Mother's Day what's That's- involved in, in promotion for something like that
2: Well, you know, you're, you're a get up and go do it guy. I can tell you, you probably have never waited for a phone to ring in your life that you're, you're out there. And, and I read a little bit about you. And that's part of your philosophy is you got to go out and you got to get what you want. You have to be organized and take steps. And that's what my business has turned into, you know, back in the day. We used to have people who did things for us like did all the organizing for a show or for a concert and they did all the mailings and they did all the no not anymore um performers are now small businesses so i've had to learn an awful lot how to run a small business so all of the promotion i mean harlan bowl uh, i think you know harlan he's a he's amazing a job, publicist yeah. he works very hard for me and and he has taught me so much about what to do to get people in the seats. So I would say it's maybe 40% preparing for the show with the material and the songs and the music and 60% of the business of promoting, getting the word out. Um, It's not necessarily my favorite thing to do, but I don't dislike it. Um, It challenges a different part of my brain. To think of well, how am I gonna how am I gonna let people know? How am I gonna let them know that this the holiday show is a great show? It's a lot of fun that they would you know come in, come into the city and and sit there and be entertained. Um, but you're absolutely right, Neil. I mean, so much of it is what what we as performers are now asked to do on our own.
0: You know, promoting an event different things like that i have experience from just promoting wrestling shows yep. i worked with the greatest promoters of all time and like the independents and in the down south to i ran some shows myself and it's hang, hang. it's a lot greg it's a lot different even though the online's a big part of it now of hanging posters you know, adding <laughs> to groups, letting people know, you know, doing certain things just to get people in the seats. Looking at groups of people who are going to buy groups of tickets. Right. You know, who's going
2: to be interested in what you do? Right. Who's going to be interested in what you do and how to reach them? I mean, I've been doing these cabaret concerts my whole career. I, I just love doing it. Whether I was doing Broadway shows, I did it. When I was doing the TV show, I did it and i still you know i'm old enough to remember the day when i used to go to the printer like to the printing shop and print <laughs> out the flyers and address them by hand and mail them so that's how long i've been doing this um and uh um adapting to new ways of doing things some of which are much easier some of which are a little harder is, is it's 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 a challenge but it's a challenge i like i like to meet challenges and um Whether it's I want to sing a high note for a really long time because I think it's exciting. You know, that's a that's a physical singing challenge for me. I love those kind of challenges or a challenge of taking a student from point A to point B. What a great challenge. And uh, who's going to like my show? How do I let them know? So, yeah, it's 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 interesting.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. Nineteen eighty six. I get thousands of business cards printed out. And it would just be a little advertising in my phone number. And I'd go to parking lots and I'd put them in windshields. And I did that for two years. You and know, did anybody call I'm, you? Yeah, I did. Oh. I, I, I got a lot of people. And oh, then a cold, co- lot of cold calling. That's really how I got started. Yeah. Um, then I had a guy who used to set appointments. So it's a lot different than now. So speaking of now, you know, so now is all tech. Um, what do you do with social? Are you went to Facebook, Insta? YouTube, what do you do?
2: Yeah, well, I do Facebook. Um, I must admit, much to my daughter's chagrin, that I am a complete nincompoop when it comes to Instagram. I just don't understand it. And I have another student of mine who's also a fabulous publicist and she (laughs) i keep saying you gotta and she's great on instagram i said i need a lesson and we went through my instagram and there's like um, so many accounts for me on instagram that i didn't start and i don't know how they happened and i don't know which one is really mine so (laughs) it's like so
0: so that's the easiest way to get verified then is for sure is is they'll do that say these are not real and you contact the people and get verified that's that's the best way if people are impersonating you it's the easiest way to get verified because they'll say even, you know, because if you would have stayed, you know, active on Twitter and Instagram, you would have been verified all the time. Oh. That's what people do. And that's what those publicists can do sometimes as well. It just yeah. all depends because, you know, your audience, this is the funny thing, Greg, her audience for her event in December could be an audience. that's basically just New York based or always foot traffic and would say, this is perfect. I'm going to this, or yeah. I'm a fan of Eileen's I'm going to this. I've seen her on Broadway. It's just, it's just varies of figuring out target markets for events. Yeah. And And then you just basically throw everything against the wall and see what sticks in that.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the, the good part is for a lot of it, because of the internet, a lot of it doesn't cost money and it used to cost a lot of money to do all that stuff. So now it just requires being creative and being organized and not like me being savvy. <laughs> I
0: awesome. swear
2: I'm going to get it together. Yeah, see, everyone
0: to- thinks Instagram's the thing. And honestly, Instagram is the thing for a certain target market. Basically, based on your target market, is what you look at. Who's going to attend your event? Instagram has a specific marketplace for people of a product or service versus other places where the perfect product and service is, is Facebook. And we have no idea what's going to happen on Twitter. So be ready. You just got to always be studying things. With Elon owning Twitter now, it's going to change the social media game. And it's going to pretty much make everyone have to step up their game because mm-hmm. I have a feeling Elon will do that. I believe it. I know it. I mean, if he's he did it in the space industry, right? He made everyone step up their game in the space industry. I'm sure he's going to do it in social media. So people will have That's to be, true. They have to be ready. A lot
1: of people don't realize it, but Elon was uh, one of the founders in PayPal. So... You have to realize that, you know, Twitter at some point they're talking about might have some kind of blockchain technology to it, might have some payment to it. I'm hearing that to be verified. You might have to pay 20 bucks to have the blue check mark. This is oh, lots of things going on. Changing, but, you know, it's changing definitely going to be cool.
0: And yeah. that's, that's Twitter blue, which they're trying to push for now. And a monthly subscription. So he's smart in how he's going to monetize things. Okay. where, Eileen, the best place we can connect with you, where, where can we go?
2: Eileengraph.com, and I am on Facebook. That that I know how to do.
0: <laughs> all right, and you know, and, and all the news update me soon. Come back on again anytime when you have new projects to go on, and all these different things. And we, I promise I won't ask any impersonations. I'll ask you to sing. Maybe no, no, we'll make you sing now. <laughs> so do you want to sing a quick tune for something for our fan, for your fans?
2: Um, it's the most wonderful time of the year can't sing too much because then we're paying royalties and as a family that that uh my husband wrote the scores to lots of tv shows so we are firmly in favor of royalties for composers. <laughs> <culture. laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. That was fantastic. It was a great bar. If it was your own, you could do that, but I, I can't believe it. Don't, there you go. Royalties. Everybody makes money somehow, but I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs>
2: That's right. We all got to figure out where the next dime is coming from.
0: Okay, guys, that was again, the Neil Haley show and also celebrity interviews live from the grotto with Greg Hanna. Take care guys.